Welcome to the VA Tourism Podcast and I'm Koji Benson Williams. Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders from the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. In today's conversation, the Regional Director for Africa of the International Congress and Convention Association, ICA, Esmarist and Hoffel, weighs in on the role of business events in the recovery of tourism in Africa. Esmarist points to training as an essential element in developing Africa's mice industry. So, Esmari, good afternoon, and welcome to the podcast uh, again. And um, uh, we would like to talk about business events, MICE Association, but just so by way of introduction, can you introduce yourself to my listeners? Thank you, Kojo. And yeah, great to, to share a bit of information this afternoon and to, to be here. So, um, I'm with ICA, the International Congress and Convention Association. Um, and I'm looking after the Africa region. Um, our head office is based in Amsterdam, and then we've got regional offices um, globally based in, in Cape Town. And yeah, for most of my working career, um, I've worked in, in business events. Um, before the, um, the job at ICA, I was with the Cape Town International Convention Center. And then before that, I worked for the Western, the hotel that's interlinked with the Cape Town International Convention Center. And then I think maybe one of my most exciting jobs was to be part of the team that started the Cape Town Convention Bureau. Um, what was that, about 20 years ago? Wow. So yeah, big passion for, for business events. Big passion, but also wealth of experience that we can all benefit from. Now, uh, just on that ICA uh, bit, for those who don't know ICA, International uh, Convention, I'll leave for you to uh, you know, um, walk us through exactly what ICA does and what is it uh, relevant uh, you know, as a business uh, association uh, uh, unit, uh, if you can walk us through that. So ICA is the International Congress and Convention Association. As an association, we were established in 1963. So yeah, nearly 60 years um, old. Of course, the association has evolved during those um, 60 years. We're a membership-based association like most um, industry associations. Um, and we have supplier members um, that work within various sectors. So for example, destination marketing, which will be all your convention bureaus and tourism authorities, um, venues, convention centers globally, and also hotels with conference facilities. Then we also have meeting support, um, all your AV companies, exhibition stand building companies, meetings management, um, very important in the industry your professional conference organizers and your destination management companies that will basically pull the whole event together. And then our last sector is the um, venue sector, um, which is predominantly all your international airlines. So companies are members of ICA, not individuals. Um, at the moment, we've got um, just over 1,100 member companies. Um, in nearly a hundred um, countries and territories uh, globally. Now, one thing with regards to ICA as an association, and there are many other industry associations that work within the business event space, 
um, for example, cite um, the Society of Incentive um, Travel Executives. They work within the incentive space. UFI, which is for convention centers that um, will belong to um, or, 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 uh, uh, the exhibition industry. Um, FSI, which is the African Society of Association Executives. Um, and then just another example would be SAKI, the Southern African Association for the Conference Industry. So I think it's important for destinations that focus on business events to decide depending on what their strengths and weaknesses are as a destination or as a city or as a company to then decide which association will best fit um, what they what they call um, business is. So yeah, also, as I mentioned, 1,100 member companies globally. In Africa at the moment, we've got um, 37, uh, 37 member companies um, in nine countries on the continent. I think as a lot of our listeners will know, and um, Kojo, you also work with within this space, Africa is still a fairly new continent that is focusing on business events. A lot of countries will focus a lot on the leisure market. Now, uh, let's demystify or even go into uh, you know, detail uh, regarding a business event because there's this big thing as, as, as MICE, meeting, incentive, conference, exhibition, and you have the business events and you have all the things you know uh, around it. As an industry heavyweight, what would you say is uh, something that we need to pay attention and also much so how destinations can, uh, depending on what you're looking for, uh, you know, take advantage of uh, of uh, of this space also because uh, return on you know uh, uh, investment as we've come to know or you know on on mines or in business event is seen to be you know quicker and kind of uh, guarantees you that. What would you like to say about this space of mines business events and what destinations can do to easy positioning or you know reap or uh, accelerate. Uh, you know, use it as part of recovery, especially you know at this time. Kojo, I think the first thing to really pay attention to is that business events isn't tourism. Um, tourism is um, working with 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 individuals that want to go on holiday and experience the destination where convention sales or business events is business to business. It's not business to um, to consumer. So although a business events industry will make use of tourism product, um, you, you are targeting a completely different market. So if a destination has a tourism authority, it doesn't mean that they are going to attract on a proactive basis the, the, the business sector, irrespective if it's a, an exhibition um, or an incentive group or an, or, um, or an association conference. And then, I mean, the, the, the big difference with regards to, to business events or the, or the my sector is that it's a driver of the knowledge economy. That's a word that we often use. Yeah. So you will get a group of dentists, um, say the Africa Dentist Association goes to, to Ghana you will get all the, the, the dental expertise uh, from within the continent coming to the destination that is, is Ghana, for example, um, or um, the Electrical Engineering Association. 
um, that will maybe go to um, to others in Ethiopia for a, a international engineering conference. So the big focus there is on knowledge exchange, which then ultimately also brings the economic impact to the destination because they will use convention centers, they will use hotel venues, um, they will use your normal um, pre and post tours. Uh, Africa is a long haul destination for a lot of countries and especially the visitors that's not or the conference delegate that's not been here before will then also do a pre or, or post tour. So the messaging when you deal with business events or the my sector is very, very different from when you deal with a leisure tourist via yeah, yeah. your, your tourism authority. So it means that, I mean, basically what you're saying is that obviously tourism from your explanation and from your illustration, tourism can be seen as a spin-off from, <laughs> you know, uh, the, yes. <laughs> the uh, um, uh, event like uh, MICE. But on the bit that you touched on association, look, every country has a, there's an association of uh, whatever category that I want to look at and all of that. But if people are often talking about MICE and business events, especially in Africa, it seems that people don't avail their mind to associations and it impacts, you know, uh, 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 as well. In that space, uh, specifically, what can Africa do to, to uh, maximize the, the use of association or even uh, to, 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 uh, to the point of scaling it up? Now, key to that is that destinations need a convention bureau. Um, we've been we've been very lucky in the last few years that a lot of countries started convention bureaus. Um, South Africa was the first country on the continent to have um, national bureaus, provincial bureaus, and city bureaus. Um, the Rwanda Convention Bureau is a very active convention bureau, and we can also see that in the in the statistics that they, over the last five, six years, started to host a lot more um, uh, association conferences, as well as government incentive and, and corporate events. And then in the last sort of, just before COVID, um, countries like Kenya, they have a bureau. Um, Uganda uh, Convention Bureau was recently um, established, just to mention um, a few examples. So there it's key that the government also from a country also needs to understand the value of business events because governments normally fund convention bureaus like they would fund a tourism authority because a convention bureau will need to, for example, attend business event trade shows, unlike maybe just going to World Travel Market in London that is a, a, a leisure show. And one of the key functions besides um, awareness within um, the, the supplier base of a destination is that convention bureaus then also work with their local association fraternity because they need that education with associations. The local association needs to, to put in a bid to bring, say, for example, the international blood transfusion to a destination. The convention bureau can't put in a bid. So... Bureaus play a key role in educating and making associations more aware of the importance to basically put up their hand and say, as the Kenya um, Coffee Association, we want to put in a bid for the Africa Coffee Association or the International Coffee Association to come to our um, 
destination. And then also, like I mentioned in the beginning, industry associations. Um, AFSI, the African Society of Association Executives, is an association for association executives. Um, they were also established about six, seven years ago, and they've also grown as an industry um, association. And for example, they have the fourth um, FSI summit taking place in Kigali the last week of, of um, September. And I always say it's, it's really like a puzzle. You need all the pieces of the puzzle to basically get the, the beautiful picture of the puzzle in the end. So you need your convention bureaus um, to be established. You need, first of all, your governments to understand the importance of having a bureau if they want to focus on business events. Then all the suppliers, all the local um, associations. And then also if you look at infrastructure, um, if a destination has a convention bureau, but they don't have the relevant infrastructure, then that's also not going to um, to really make sure that conferences come to a destination. Um, so it's really then looking at what is the market that you want to target. And then I often when I have calls with, with um, sort of new destinations or um, developers in the industry, they, they want to build a convention center that can seat 5,000 people. And my first comment always is, is this the market that you want to target? How does airlift work into the country? Because depending on how many flights people need to get to city A, are you going to attract 5,000 people to your destination? Or is it better to maybe build a convention center or a venue that can seat 1,000 people or 500 people? Um, so, so again, getting back to that that puzzle, you need all the pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. for a destination to really be a success as a business events destination. Now, I mean, obviously, also, uh, it, it, uh, it's important to highlight that sometimes people uh, make decisions or they, they, they choose strategically based on their capacity and what they're looking for. So, again, in leisure, you have the high end, you know, the same as... Uh, at the conferencing space, you know, depending on the capacity of what you want, incentive, travel, etc. Now, uh, if you can take our listeners through, or even the industry through, at what point do a convention bureaus or countries feel that they are able to uh, bid for events and what the process is? Because uh, you know, I know the convention bureau who, who said to me that I mean, I mean, they want to. You know, bring events into the country and then you have a, a, a situation where the government wants to bring because they don't have a convention bureau before and all of that so we tend to see especially in africa where this big event talk about the african development bank uh, you know meetings and and uh, a whole lot of them coming to a country but is it in the hands of the states if i say the state i mean the central government or you advise that they're able to build the capacity of a convention bureau to lead charges like that? Now, globally, convention bureaus are normally funded by government. Yes. Um, there are examples of sort of public-private sector where, um, where government will give a big portion of the funding and then maybe via, for example, hotel levies um, or, or suppliers also paying a type of a fee towards, towards the bureau. 
And then just while we're talking about uh, about bureaus, I think it's important. Um, you can have a convention bureau in name, or you can have a convention bureau that offer relevant convention bureau services. Yes. Now, by just having a convention bureau in name, you're not Nothing going to attract <laughs> Exactly. And then for a proper convention bureau or a convention bureau that offer all the services, um, it's things like you need a dedicated website. You can't go to the tourism authority website and, for example, just find information on um, the migration or the Ngorogoro crater or going to spend time with the gorillas, for example. A business traveler or an association or even a corporate conference or an incentive, they want to know information on venues in the destination. What are the capacities for schoolroom style, cinema style? Um, how many breakout rooms are there? Um, the details of the, the, the suppliers, like your AV companies. Yes. Um, also for a destination to then focus on a relevant business event media. Yes. Is it a media publication that only focuses on leisure or do they focus on business events? I mentioned trade shows earlier on. Attend trade shows relevant to the business events um, market. Your video um, promotional material must focus on convention centers. Um, How do you get to the destination? How does the visas work? Yes, you also show, for example, Table Mountain, some of your leisure activities, but the reason for visiting is for people to work and do business meetings. Okay, now, uh, you know, it brings in the question of capacity and talent and the skill sets we, you know, required for this very also technical uh, uh, sector, you know, in itself. Uh, Do you think that we've matched the the rate at which we are growing the establishment of convention bureaus with the skill sets required to to deliver uh, uh, on, uh, on, on its potential? Kojo, I think the key word here is training. Um, I mean, for example, if I look at myself, when, when, when I started to work at the Cape Town Convention Bureau, when, when the, uh, the Bureau was established, I didn't know anything about business events or bidding for association conferences or, or incentives. Um, when, when Cape Town um, started to build the Cape Town International Convention Center as a key venue to attract business events, the city of Cape Town and the provincial government then decided to establish a convention bureau. So a few of us were seconded from the tourism authority. So I knew about leisure, nothing about business events. So training is key. And in most destinations um, on the continent that started convention bureaus, um, they did use staff that has never worked in a bureau before. So it is important to get those necessary skills because organizing a leisure trip for 10 people require very different skills when you start to work on bidding for association conferences and putting a program for for um for an incentive trip um together and there are many associations that offer relevant um industry training for example, at, at ICA, we um, launched um, a program called ICA Skills, 
um, in May this year during IMEX, where we are offering two certification programs that ICA members as well as non-members um, can join to get the certification. Um, the one is more for entry-level people that don't have experience in the industry. Um, that is your Certified International Convention Specialist um, certification. And then we have a second one for people that have a minimum of three years management experience um, in, the, in, in the business event sector. Now, with COVID, we found, and everybody, and often you hear the word brain drain, we found that although we had limited people, it, it's always difficult. I often get calls from, from people in the industry to say, I've got an opening for a professional conference or I am a professional conference organizer. Do you do you know of any staff that I can, or people that I can contact in the industry? And it's really not easy because business events is still a young industry um, on the continent. And with COVID, because a lot of people that worked in the industry um, lost their jobs or only worked part-time, actually found other jobs and are not necessarily coming, coming back to... Um, to working in, in business events. So it is, I want to call it, it is a solvable problem if you find and let your staff do relevant um, training for the specific um, job that they're in. Okay, now uh, let's go to your released uh, DPI, uh, ICAS uh, DPI Destination Performance Report. Now we will concentrate on, on, on Africa's uh, performance. What's your uh, view on how Africa performed with this uh, report? Okay, first of all, I'm going to mention the criteria because people often look at the ICA report without looking at the criteria of, of, the, of, of, of how we track um, associations. So in our DPI reports that we've done since COVID, because meetings didn't all take place in person, and before COVID, that report was called the City and Country Rankings Report, where we um, would give information on how many association conferences a city or a country hosted, and then, of course, they were ranked number one, number two, number three. Um, so the criteria is again for association conferences so it doesn't include corporate conferences it doesn't include government events minimum of 50 people easy one take place on a regular basis the important one it must be an association conference that rotate between three countries so if we look at africa regional conference they must rotate between three countries on the continent and of course if it's an international conference they will rotate um globally. Now, if you compare Europe maybe to, <clears throat> to Africa, they will always rank higher with regards to the number of conferences. But that is also linked to when we spoke earlier on about growing the association market. Yeah. We've got a lot less regional associations in Africa, and that is a huge potential for the, con uh, for the continent to establish more um, local associations. Doesn't, doesn't matter what type of speciality it is. Um, a water association, um, the, inter or the, the, the regional um, material association. Yes. Every single speciality has an association. A hairdresser association. We've got nurses. So 
he is growing that local um, association so that we can start to have more more regional conferences. Now, if we look at the DPI report, um, it's really a mix of some events happened in person. A lot of hybrid events happened. Um, I mean, we're all very familiar now with um, the virtual platforms, either via Zoom or Teams and logging on. And then some people are in the venue in person and you sitting at home or in your office virtually and you wish you could have joined your, um, your colleagues. Now, in that way, Africa also have have some challenges. Um, internet connectivity with, with hybrid is key. Um, you need to be connected for the people that, um, that uh, log in um, virtually. But slowly but surely, the only in-person conferences are, are starting to return. Although I do think hybrid is going to definitely stay for a few more years. The positive thing about hybrid conferences is also that it gives more people the opportunity, again, because they're there for the knowledge sharing. If it's a nurses conference, maybe a nurse wouldn't have been able to, even before COVID, travel to an Africa destination or an international destination. With an event now being hybrid, they can actually also um, attend and get that knowledge from the the speakers because they only pay the, the registration fee. But again, coming back to convention bureaus, the more active convention bureaus we have on the continent, if we look at the city and country rankings report and future DPI reports, Africa's ranking will definitely um, increase and we will host more association conferences. Meetings. Okay. Now, uh, as we wrap up our conversation, let's look at the new members joining the African uh, the African members. Now, I mean, ECAM uh, members, because in the last... Two months, if I'm if I'm right, I think there are new members. I think it's Ghana and other country. But what's what's the state of uh, Africa's uh, footprint in ICA, and uh, what's your projection of it going into 2023, based on your interactions and how the sector itself is looking to recover? Um, As I mentioned earlier on, at the moment, we've got 37 company members on the continent. Before COVID, we had 43 members. Um, On the positive side, we now are doing more reinstatements of those members that just due to COVID either didn't have business or weren't, weren't able to rejoin. So that's a positive to get back to the, the number of members that we have. Very exciting for us um, this year was that in the past, we only had members in Southern and East Africa. Um, We now have two members in West Africa. So um, the Ghana Tourism Authority, so we've got one member in in Ghana, and then also the Nigeria Convention Agency. Now, with more members in other regions, that also... Um, will definitely assist. For example, with the Ghana Tourism Authority, they are now starting to interact with suppliers. I actually had a message from um, from Betty earlier on with regards to the um, association database. So they actively now starting to bid for conferences. And as they make the suppliers in their various countries more aware, um, the membership will, will definitely um, grow. Also, one of the, the reasons why ICA decided um, six years ago to have a permanent regional office on the continent 
Um, before that, ICA was uh, the Africa region was part of the Middle East, and then the ICA board decided we need to focus only on the continent. Again, as you know, it's a huge continent. Um, it it's always better to speak to people in person or, and see them in person. Um, but then we also try and um, partner with events like the Africa Tourism Leadership Forum that's taking place in, in Botswana in October um, to also try and with other um, stakeholders, basically um, make contact with potential members and explain the benefit of, of joining ICA. Maybe my, my, my final question will be, do you think that as an industry and as a, as a mines or business event industry, we've not done enough to drum home the importance of this sector that people sometimes think that if they can organize a party or whatever that they can do, they automatically qualify to, to, to host this event? What can we do more to, to uh, you know, in fact, let people understand the, the importance of the business event or the mind sector. Mm. Kojo, we can definitely, I don't, I mean, we haven't nearly started to tap the market to proactively bid for these events. Even if you don't have a fully fledged convention bureau, as a tourism authority offering the basic services, you can still bid for these um, events. But I always say, you have to proactively get the business. And a very good example that I often, often mentioned is the Rwanda Convention Bureau. Their team is proactively finding business to come to the destination. Um, if a convention bureau, if the staff are just going to sit in the office and think, oh, everybody wants to come to my destination, that is not the case with business events because of the bidding process. And then tying in with that as well, we need to make sure that the people working in the industry are actually qualified and know how to secure um, the, the, the different incentive groups or government conferences or association conferences to come to the destination. So I think if also as a continent, I find that we don't always work together that well. Yes. <laughs> um, we will rather get on a plane and go and maybe find out what's happening in, in Europe or in America or, or in the UK, where we do have enough knowledge on the continent um, with people that have um, similar challenges, what works, what what doesn't work. So it is good to get that international that perspective yes. as well, but we do have the knowledge on the continent and people are willing to share. I, I hope that in some few years to come, we're able to speak, you know, uh, uh, testify to the growth of business events and 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 mice in Africa, and people's understanding of it. Because I, I think that um, uh, understanding the problem also means that people will, uh, need to learn the nuances around uh, business events and don't think that it's it's just one other you know uh, sector, but a driver of the knowledge uh, economy. Esmari, thank you so much for your time and hope to see you in Botswana. Thank you, Kojo. Goodbye to the listeners.